You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and on today's show, we are also lucky enough to be joined by John Kegley as well, one of the original hosts of the show. And this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly on Facebook, and this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we finally get the Victory Monday show that we have been missing for seemingly forever, I mean... Wow, what a game over the weekend. All the things that have caught up to the Chargers in the past seem to be happening again. But the Chargers end up pulling off the victory 39-29 to against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Herbert gets his first win. The Chargers get their first win at SoFi Stadium. So we'll talk about Herbert's big day and also just the Chargers seeing some nightmares and then being able to still finish the game anyways before getting into our full game recap. We'll get into the first half and the second half and into all of the biggest plays and especially that insane third quarter that we saw on Sunday. But let's go ahead and get into it. Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers exercised some demons on Sunday, taking down the Jacksonville Jaguars 39-29. to this is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Justin Herbert got off to one of his worst starts of the season offensively, but he was able to come back and put the Chargers team on his back and carry them to a victory on Sunday, 39-29, and the Chargers end up getting him his first victory of the season. There was a ton of big plays early on the defense, and then the Chargers really pouring it on offensively in the second half. And David, they finally get that monkey off their back. They're able to get the win for Justin Herbert. And once again, I mean, after a shaky start, he comes back and just makes huge throw after huge throw. And there's nobody going to be happier than he was on Sunday to get that first win of the season. Yeah, I mean, you you saw Justin Herbert in every press conference saying the right things like, hey, if we do the hard work, you know, the wins are going to come. Well, hey, that finally came to fruition in this game. It started off a little shaky for Justin Herbert. You know, some of the throws he did miss, and it took a little bit of time for the offense to really gel. They go out and get a field goal on the first drive, but he wasn't particularly sharp until a little bit later on. And then I think, you know, the turning point was getting the ball to Joe Reed and getting him into the end zone, and then the offense started to hum. He did a great job of spreading the ball around, got it to his weapons, and Donald Parham and also Jalen Guyton for a big touchdown another long bomb a 70 plus yard touchdown and it seems like Justin Herbert is just really enjoying playing football right now had a big big day 27 of 43 347 yards three touchdowns through the air he also had to do a lot with his legs as well Daniel he ran very very effectively in this one nine carries for 66 yards good for 7.3 yards per carry he extended plays with his legs and he ran the ball very effectively and it definitely helped him in route to getting himself his first win as a professional 
exceptional. Yeah, I mean, some huge throws from him, and his favorite target on the day was Keenan Allen, who goes 10 for 125 yards, and those two were connecting all day. And he did get those other guys involved as well for big touchdowns, but the Chargers finally pull through and finish a game. But for a little while, it didn't seem that way because once again in the first half, the Chargers get up to a 16-point lead. And keep in mind, the last two weeks they had leads of at least 17 points that they ended up losing. Once again, the Chargers end up allowing 21 unanswered points to give Jacksonville back the lead. And it just seemed like another one of those games, David. This time it was special teams letting them down with a missed field goal and a blocked punt for a touchdown. And you just think back to those last two games and you're like, oh my God, is this going to happen to the Chargers again? Yeah, I mean, the the feeling of deja vu probably couldn't have been much stronger than it was in that moment because the momentum was starting to shift and you were a little scared that it didn't that it wasn't going to come back like it didn't in many of the Chargers' previous games that they have played this season. But the Chargers did not allow that to kill their momentum or kill their effort or their ability to try to win this football game because they go out there and they answer after they give up those points. The Chargers force a fumble on the kickoff and then take the ball four plays, 19 yards, and get a touchdown run by Justin Herbert. And then the defense forces a punt and you're feeling pretty good about things. And then the offense jumps right back on the field, hits a field goal, extends that Chargers lead up to 10 and then the defense forces that turnover on downs and Justin Herbert gets to end the game in victory formation and get his first win. A big win for the Chargers, a big win for Justin Herbert. It feels great to get back in the win calm, Daniel. Yeah, and the Chargers so far this season had only been scoring an average of seven point eight points in the second half of games and then in the third quarter alone, especially with that kickoff fumble by the Jaguars leading to an easy touchdown gave them three touchdowns in the third quarter of this one. They ended up going at the end of the game and getting a couple of first downs to be able to kneel the clock out, but the Chargers defense made some plays late in the game too to not let Jacksonville get back into it. And now the Chargers continue into the softer part of their schedule, getting that first most important win against a bad Jacksonville Jaguars team. And there's a lot of things to fix but it is better to win ugly than to lose another game for the fifth time in a row. The Chargers are able to get it done. Justin Herbert gets his first win, and the offense at times has looked as good as it has all season long. But we do have to get into the rest of this game recap, getting into all of the biggest plays from this game coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Pepsi, and thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch, and the Chargers got to watch a game where they didn't have a heart attack at the end of it, and Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Alright guys, well it's time to get into this game recap, and there's so many crazy plays to get into, I mean it honestly felt like two separate football games we could probably do an entire recap just on the third quarter because of all the points that were put up by these two teams in that third quarter I mean it was absolutely nutty for a little while but let's start at the beginning let's start with the Chargers defense because 
on the Jaguars' first four drives. They went three and out every single time. The Chargers ended up getting three sacks on those four drives. Uchen and Uwosu had one and a half. Damian Square had one. And Joey Bosa had a half sack as well. And they were doing everything you would want from the defense. They were getting pressure. And most importantly, they were keeping Gardner Minshew in the pocket. So he couldn't have started out any better and the Chargers took a second to get going on the first drive they did get something going offensively but it was mainly because Justin Herbert finally pulled one of the balls out on the handoff and it actually takes it himself for a huge gain he ends up getting a 31 yard run the biggest the longest run of his career and they also got it set up by a 27 yard catch from Keenan Allen but it was nice to see Herbert finally pull one of those get into the open field and show his athleticism and he was not going to be finished right there with running the football. He was doing it all day. But another important thing that we saw on the Chargers touchdown drive on the third drive of the game was who got the touchdown, and that was Joe Reed. We were wondering when this Chargers offense was going to try to utilize Joe Reed, John. We saw him as a healthy scratch for a few weeks, not even being able to get on the field. And on this drive, he gets two carries, gets a seven-yard touchdown. So not only was Justin Herbert carrying the ball, which is something that we wanted and having a lot of success, but Joe Reed got involved too, breaks the tackle, and gets into the end zone to put the Chargers up 9-0. to zero. Yeah, Herbert had some historic numbers today as far as longest run and yards in the game. When it comes to the longest run, that's the longest run that the Chargers quarterbacks have had since 1988 when Mark Malone had a 36-yard touchdown run, which was the only touchdown of that game. They lost it 48-10. to But the longest touchdown run in Chargers history is actually the longest run by a quarterback in Chargers history is 37 yards by John Hadle back in 71, which was a 49-21 win over the Jets. So Herbert was only six yards away from owning an all-time record, but he does own the most rushing yards by a Chargers quarterback in a game with 66 breaking John Hadle's record in 1962 of 60 yards, which was a loss to Denver. And the second most yards was Doug Flutie back in 03 with 53, which was also a loss. So at least Herbert actually put the Chargers single game performances on the win column. And then with Joe Reed, we've been begging for this, right? We've been wanting Joe Reed to get used some kind of way in this offense because we know that he can do things in open space or with the ball in his hand. And surprise, touchdown, amazing what happens when you actually listen to the guys on the show. I know (laughs) people say when coaches start listening to fans, they become one of the fans. Well, sometimes it pays off when you listen to podcast guys. We had a lot of stuff that came true this weekend, almost some bold predictions too. I got really, really close, man. I got really close. I mean, Justin Herbert throws for 350, runs for 67, and I'm like, man, I I said 475. So I felt pretty good about the bull predictions. I mean, hey, yours got pretty close too, Daniel. And we've predicted a lot of things from almost every single game. I mean, the Saints game, the Tampa Bay game, everything we want to see happen happens except for things like being aggressive in the second half. That's like the only thing that doesn't come true. And now that Joe Reed finally got his touches, he scores a touchdown and the offense actually opened up more because now you're going all over the place with the ball instead of the same two or three plays to start first and second down. It it shows what happens when your offense is a lot more aggressive and creative. Yeah, and that drive was just such a weird drive in general too because it starts out with Easton Stick 
just randomly showing up at starting quarterback, and you're like, okay, what's happening? Is Justin Herbert hurt? No, it was a design thing. He ends up getting a four-yard pass to Mike Williams, and then he tries to keep it on a read option and gets a negative two-yard run. But that was kind of interesting. You're like, okay, Shane Steichen's getting creative, but let's see if it actually you know works out. Later on on the drive, you see Josh Kelly out there in a wildcat formation, and of course, a Joe Reed penalty ends up getting it called back. He would end up making up for it with the touchdown, but that drive was also set up by another beautifully lofted ball to Keenan Allen by Justin Herbert for 26 yards, a nice little back shoulder throw that really set them up for the touchdown. That was another great throw, one of the better throws he had in the first half, to be sure, but then we saw another guy get involved who we've seen continue to get involved <laughs> really efficiently, David, because on that next drive, the Chargers make it 16-0 to after a 15-yard helmet-to-helmet hit against Hunter Henry. The Chargers take advantage of it, and what I loved about this is the Chargers run a three-tight end set. You have three tight ends on the field, which is something unfathomable last year. You end up having Donald Parham running kind of a seam route right up the middle of the field, one-on-one with a linebacker in Justin Herbert throwing that ball two tight ends in the end zone, there's another one we'll talk about later, is an absolute thing of beauty. I mean, he just seems to always put it in the perfect spot there. And the Chargers continue their first half dominance up to this point and make it 16-0. On national tight end day, Justin Herbert gave the tight ends on the Chargers opportunities to shine. And he made them he made Justin Herbert, they made Justin Herbert look like a very smart man because a great throw there. And I, I remember seeing a tweet from Madden ratings adjuster saying that his down the seam accuracy is going to see a ratings increase. So, yes, I mean, and as it should, it was a beautiful throw right down the seam. And hey, Donald Parham is such a big target. That is where you want to see him getting impacts. No, excuse me, impacting the football game right there in the red zone and in the end zone primarily, and he scores again. I mean, two catches on the air, two touchdowns. Got to love that efficiency. Obviously, you can't keep that up, but hey, a big play tight end right there. I think they need to give him more opportunities. Yeah, I think Vern- I've just heard that and just said, oh, really, can't keep that up? Challenge accepted. Well, I think, John, you'd probably know this one, but I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that he was the first receiver since John Jefferson on the Chargers to have his first two catches of his career be touchdown catches with the team. So that is also a pretty yeah, pretty cool stat to, to have on your side as well. So that was huge to see. I mean, and with Virgil Green getting hurt, we'll get into that later. But, I mean, we could be seeing a lot more of Donald Barham. He might get some more catches, but I doubt all of them will be touchdowns. We will see. But this was a crucial moment for the Chargers because for the third week in a row, you find yourself up at least 16 points in the first half. And once again on the next drive, it kind of starts to fall apart a little bit because the Jaguars end up going six plays and 78 yards. And the biggest play, the one that really, really hurt the Chargers the most, wasn't even a 26-yard deep ball to DJ Shark. It was actually a catch and run. This one was LaVisca Chenault who gets a 36-yard catch and run and it was just I mean broken tackle after broken tackle Rayshon Jenkins ended up not being able to bring him down he was the initial guy in coverage he makes it all the way down the field and then Rayshon Jenkins who originally missed the tackle had to come back and make it but it was just like oh that's such a back-breaking play at that moment then they end up taking two easy runs to get into the end zone and convert on the two-point conversion you're like 
just like that, 16 points is now only a one-score lead at eight points. And then the Chargers offense has a chance to answer. They don't. Herbert ends up missing Hunter Henry on third down, and the Chargers end up having to punt back to the Jaguars. The Jaguars on their next drive made it into Chargers territory, but on fourth and one, Joey Bosa makes one of the defensive plays of the game, getting a stop on Gardner Minshew, on James Robinson on that fourth and one play, a tackle for loss to get the ball back to the Chargers offense, but the Chargers offense can't take advantage of it. And once again, the Chargers lose all momentum, John, going into halftime because the Jaguars come back, go 11 plays, 67 yards, and they were just running it down the Chargers' throat a lot of that time. The drive starts with three runs for 27 yards, and then it ends in a ridiculous nine yards, nine-yard James Robinson catch. And that's the one that bothered me the most because – James Robinson on third down catches it around the 10-yard line and then ends up still beating Casey Hayward to the corner somehow. Casey Hayward not nearly physical enough, and you end up letting him basically get a free touchdown on that and just, I mean, in the easiest way possible. If you're Casey Hayward, at the very least, you cut it, you know, you turn him inside to where the rest of your guys are. I mean, to get beat right there, to give up 14 points going into halftime and losing all the momentum was tough to watch. Well, I mean, didn't we just get done talking about how we, whatever we say needs to happen on the show, the Chargers start doing it, and if you mess up, this is what's going to happen. Pretty sure last week we said, if you shut down the Jaguars' run game, you can stop their offense, which is what happened the first few drives. And then when the Jaguars got their running game going, the Jaguars started scoring points on us. It's amazing how, again, these podcast guys seem to know what they're talking about. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know how you let all that unravel if you're the Chargers defense. Like you, you're shutting it down. Why aren't you not continuing to shut down the run? It's not like they did anything different. They just kept doing the same thing, and eventually you turned back into your soft prevent type of defense. You're not attacking with linebackers anymore. You're just leaving the D line to do it by themselves, and they're attacking you with it. You get and soft towards the end of the half. Uh, again, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand how Casey Hayward thinks that that's going to be enough effort to bring that running back down in the flat or in any situation. That guy was running over defenders all game long, and you think that little push was going to be enough to get him out? I mean, come on now. You, you're, you're better than that. You know that. You know that you can do better than that. That's just not acceptable. Yeah, that it really upset me, the fact that he just went over and gave like a little like playing patty cake type of push yeah. basically like you should have thrown your whole down. body into him. <laughs> throw your whole body into him and get him out of bounds he's in mid-air he's not going to run you over in the air throw everything you have and get him out of bounds it's not rocket science put in the effort it was reminiscent of the vaughn touchdown against the tampa bay buccaneers where michael davis kind of just tapped uh the running back as he walked into the end zone and rayshon jenkins tried to push him out of bounds on that play, two really soft uh, touchdowns. And if I was other teams, I mean, I would be targeting that play. I mean, you know, that's why Jacksonville was targeting on that play, testing the tackling of those outside corners for the Chargers. But for the Chargers, it was going to get worse before it got better. We're going to get into the crazy third quarter and a crazy finish to this game coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the most delicious protein bar on the planet. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser with 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. And the best part is that all the bars are 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. 
Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you can do that while indulging in a delicious treat. And right now we have a special offer with Built Bar. You guys can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. All you have to do is go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So for the Chargers, this second half was so important for them because they basically almost gave up their double-digit lead. In the first half, they got lucky on a two-point conversion and ended up only getting into the second half with a two-point lead. But they get the ball back to start the third quarter, and this was a chance for them to not only show that they can play well in the second half, but also show that they can play well in the third quarter because they had only had one touchdown the entire year in the third quarter, and that just wasn't enough. And it starts about as badly as it can because the Chargers' special teams comes back to bite them on their first drive. The Chargers go to punt, and it gets blocked easily, and it gets returned for a touchdown. And just like that, the 16-0 lead is gone. The Jaguars have taken a 21 to 16 lead and then on the Chargers next drive trying to go answer back there's some more special teams issues because they go eight plays 45 yards and then miss a 48 yard field goal so Michael Badgley ends up missing a PAT in the first half and now he misses a field goal again back-to-back weeks where he's missing a field goal and a PAT David and now it's just like Anthony Wynn saying he's confident in Michael Badgley after the game but the special teams in this game, I mean, I put on Twitter, I mean, this is the worst special teams unit in the NFL because that's how much of an impact it's been in these games. And Michael Badgley's second consecutive week missing not just a PAT, but a field goal as well. Well, despite the kicker missing the field goals and the PATs, the whole unit, I mean, I think just every aspect of it, you can see things that you don't like. I mean, throughout the whole season, you see, you know, them getting pretty close to blocking punt. Then you saw one today. You saw them, you know, getting pretty close to letting guys get, you know, a lot of yards on you on punt returns and kickoffs. You see just little things that make you uncomfortable about the way that this unit is trending and special teams is incredibly important about field position and about putting yourself and your team in the best positions to have success and shut down drives and be able to advance on drives. And the Chargers special teams has simply not been getting it done. And then another game where Badgley misses PATs and field goals, it's just getting to a point to where it's like, Hey, why don't we just let Ty long kick? I mean, he can, he can kick field goals and he can do punts. He did it before. I mean, the, the leash for me on Michael Badgley is getting shorter and shorter as the games go on. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would be happy if he was gone. Can we call it Anthony Lynn here? Every time somebody struggles, he always says he has confidence in them. Sam Tevy and Trey Pipkins or Trent Scott are playing bad, and it's, oh, I have confidence in them. Like, okay, cool. Are you actually making them better, or are you just saying that you have confidence in them? Like, are you actually doing something as a coach? Or are you telling the special teams coordinator as a coach, hey, can we get this fixed? Can you draw up something to get this fixed? Or are you just talking out of your ass? And the Chargers lost a lot of key special teams players this offseason. Adrian Phillips, Jeremy Davis, uh, Derek Watt, Nick DeZubner. I mean, they lost a lot of guys. But last year, they were one of the worst teams in DVOA on special teams towards the bottom of the league. And this year, going into this game before the block punt, they were the worst team in the NFL according to Football Outsiders, special teams DVOA. So it's been really bad. George Stewart, I mean, really has to go at this point because it seems to not matter who the personnel is out there. 
the special teams for the Chargers just doesn't make an impact. It's not just the bad coverage on you know kickoff returns, punt returns. It's also you're not getting any chunk punt return yards. You're not getting any chunk kickoff return yards. There's just no positive coming from the special teams right now unless it's a gimme field goal. But the Chargers defense ends up bailing them out after that because they get a turnover on downs. And it started with Linval Joseph on a third and one in Chargers territory. Gets a tackle for loss. The Jaguars decide to go for it. And on fourth down, even though he had struggled all day, Rayshon Jenkins had missed some tackles. This time, Gardner Minshew rolls out to the right. He decides he's going to try to scramble and run to pick up the first down. Rayshon Jenkins sees it. He shoots the gap. I mean, he closed ground in a hurry and made a big open field tackle on Gardner Minshew. And we saw Gardner Minshew getting a little bit more out of the pocket in the second half, which led to some points for them. But on that play, Rayshon Jenkins deserves a ton of credit because what it led to was the Chargers capitalizing on their next drive and getting a 26-yard touchdown to Virgil Green. The Chargers ended up getting a defensive holding call on third down. They end up getting Virgil Green a one-on-one with a linebacker, and Justin Herbert has another one of those lofted balls in the end zone to get that touchdown. One-on-one with Joe Joe Schobert was Virgil Green, and then unfortunately, after a great catch in the corner of the end zone, he has to be carted into the locker room after really having a brutal-looking turned ankle. It was pretty gnarly to see. He walked off the field, but they needed a cart to get him into the locker room. But the Chargers did take a 22-21 to lead. The tight ends continued to be involved. And then on the next drive, it was so frustrating from the Chargers because they end up getting back-to-back personal foul plays, John. And you know you can't give away free yardage, but you just come back, you take the lead, and then you give up 30 free yards. It's Jerry Tillery hitting a quarterback in the head, and they're going to call that every single time. And then Denzel Perryman with the receiver on the ground ends up leading with his helmet and, and getting another 15 yards. And obviously, Two you know, stupid, stupid penalties. Of course. And, and obviously, you know, the NFL has changed, and, you know, you might wonder, oh, well, you know, that's kind of soft calls. But at the same time, if you're the Chargers defense, you have to know better, John. You know what the rules are. You can't leave with your helmet with a guy on the ground like that. And you can't hit a quarterback that up high. But after taking the lead to just give them 30 free yards of penalties before they end up getting another touchdown where Michael Davis gets burnt, I mean, it was absolutely brutal on that drive. They just basically got the lead and then gave it away with stupid plays and then Michael Davis getting burnt. Which was another, I don't know, key to the game. You know, don't. Do things to beat yourself. Podcast right, guys was. nail it again. I'm sorry, but the Jerry Tillery call is stupid. Okay. He was going to block the ball and his hand happened to come down the quarterback's head. The NFL is soft for that one. The per- the Perryman hit, I I get like he's on the floor, so you can just dive on him. You don't have to throw your head into him. I I, I can get that, but the, the Tillery one referees just overdo it sometimes it's not forcible contact i understand what you're saying yeah Yeah. it's referees just overdo it sometimes and i don't know what you're trying to protect these guys aren't made of glass unless it's ryan matthews then maybe it is but you get you still can't beat yourself with those kind of plays if you're perryman you know the guys on the floor jump on him like land with your chest on him so the, the referee can just say hey he's just making sure the guy doesn't get back up versus throwing yourself into him head first that's you giving the referee a chance to say, okay, that was kind of bad. I'm throwing the flag on that one. And after that, you still don't even rebound after. You, you don't stop them for a field goal or nothing. You let them score another touchdown. Like Once you start messing up, 
you, it's it just all snowballs after that. You don't say, okay, I messed up, let's fix it. I don't know how the Chargers don't fix their mistakes. Yeah, and then on the touchdown, I mean, Michael Davis gets beat off the line. He actually did a good job in recovery, got his arm in between the receiver's arm, but at that point, it was too late. Gardner Minshew made a perfect pass on that one, a drop in the bucket for a touchdown there. But just like that, they end up getting a two-point conversion, one of the easiest you'll ever see. Kazir White gets matched up with a tight end. He gets beat easily to the flat, and the Jaguars take a 29-22 to lead. But this was one of the most impressive things that we saw from Justin Herbert is in a game where you had been a little bit inaccurate all game. You've been a little bit shaky, but they kept answering. After a nice little screenplay to kind of get the Jaguars' defense off balance, they get 10 yards to Justin Jackson, they take another deep shot. And they had been looking for the deep shot all game. They missed just by a little bit on a couple of plays. This time they find Jalen Guyton, who continues to be that big play threat for this Chargers team. And, I mean, he gets it. And once he catches one of those deep balls, it just seems like he's gone. He goes 70 yards for a touchdown. Michael Badgley, thank God, makes the point after. It's 29-29, to and then the Chargers got their play of the game. They needed to force a turnover. That was the one thing the defense had been missing up till that point, and they get it from the special teams coverage. Tavon Campbell ends up forcing a fumble on Didi Westbrook. The Chargers recover the fumble and get it inside their own 20-yard line, and of course, they end up capitalizing on it, which is the most important thing. You can force the turnovers, but if you're not getting points out of it, what's the point? Justin Herbert decides to take it himself after a couple of nice plays by Joshua Kelly. He runs it in to make it a 36-29 to game. He adds a rushing touchdown into his three passing touchdown game. And on the Jaguars' fourth drive, it was a nice sign to see from the Chargers' defense because a huge team sack leads to a punt. The Chargers would end up going on an 11-play, 73-yard drive. Gabe Neighbors ends up dropping a pass in the flats on third and two. That really would have probably led to another Chargers touchdown. Instead, they get a field goal to go up by 10. The Chargers defense does its job, David, and most importantly, the Chargers offense at the end of the game, even though you're up by 10, they end up going to get two first downs. They get to run out the clock and go into victory formation. So even though it seemed like everything was going the wrong direction, Jalen Guyton gets a big touchdown. The Chargers special team causes a huge turnover to really throw the momentum back in their favor, and they end up finishing a game for the first time this season. Yes, they do, and we all thought this was going to be a, a win from a by a larger margin. Me, obviously, I thought they were going to win by a lot, but the Chargers had some adversity in this game. They had some things that they had to overcome, and I think that help is going to help them going on in the in the season. They overcome some adversity. They come back from give coughing up another lead, but then they go and they secure the win, and they get into victory formation. That's the best type because that's the end. The, the the finality is understood by both teams. That's how you want to win. Yes, it was ugly. I mean, wasn't pretty, but hey, it's a win. They're back in the win column. That feeling, that momentum, it's real. Hopefully it will help them going up against the Broncos next week. And I've mentioned this on Twitter. The Chargers kind of choked earlier in the game compared to what they usually do, which is choke on the last drive before halftime. So they had a chance to rebound. So I'm wondering if that might be something that we might see in the future. Like if the Chargers start messing up earlier in the second quarter, do they have a better second half? Well, hopefully they're just getting better in the second half. But that was nice to see the offense keep their foot on the pedal. I mean, after going three and out a couple of times to end the first half, I mean, when it, with a chance to really push the lead a little bit. In the second half, they just got it and didn't look back. I mean, 
getting three touchdown drives in a row, I mean, is absolutely huge for the Chargers. And although the Chargers did give up some yards, they did give up some big plays defensively. They also got three stops on fourth down, three turnover on downs. They also forced a fumble, create that turnover. And they also started the game hot and got the pass rush going because the Chargers needed to do that. They get five sacks in this game, and that's one of the big reasons why the Chargers won this game. But the Chargers finally finished a game. We will see if that momentum can carry them forward. They're going up against a decent defense in Denver next week, a team that just got throttled by the Kansas City Chiefs. But even in this game, you remember, the Chargers are not just a safe lock to win against anybody. But at least in this one, the fourth quarter was relatively calm, and the Chargers pull out a double-digit win for the first time this season, first game of the season decided by more than one score but that is going to victory monday baby that is going to do it for today's show we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for what went right and what went wrong maybe a more balanced what went right and what went wrong tomorrow instead of a very long what went wrong but we'll have the expert john kegel here to tell us all about all of the bad things from a good victory for the chargers but until then make sure to follow us on twitter at locked on lac and to like the facebook page Locked on Chargers, as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. That is always the best and easiest way to get the podcast and the fastest way as well. If you guys want to get in your reactions to this game on the Locked on Chargers voicemail line, the number is 323-524-7924, and we'll try to get all of your guys' reactions to this game on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow for what went right and what went wrong. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.